Good afternoon. This is Caleb Arend with the Walk with God podcast and YouTube channel. Thank you for joining me today as this is the recording for Friday, May 22nd, 2020. And we're going to be reading from Psalm 118, verses 19 through 29, 2 Samuel, verses, uh, chapter 1 through chapter 2, verse 11, Proverbs chapter 15, verses 27 and 28, and then John chapter 12, verses 20 through 50. Before we get started, let's open with a word of prayer today. Heavenly Father, please bless this time that we have to study your word. Help us to grow according to it. Help us to live according to your word. I pray that you would open our ears, our minds, and our hearts to receive the wonderful message that you have for us from your word today. Please speak to our hearts and help us to apply your words to our lives, whether it's knowing and learning from the lessons that people have uh, learn from the in the past and from uh, your Old Testament or whether it's the words that you have spoken and commandment that uh, you want us to do in our lives presently or Lord even if it's the prophecies that you have for the future of our lives and of this world help us to learn I pray help us to apply them to our lives help us to grow closer to you and greater in our understanding and wisdom and knowledge of who you are and who you have made us to be. Lord, I pray that you would uh, give comfort and peace to the Lacombe family for the loss of their mother. I pray that you would lead and guide our country and open up the church doors again. Thank you for opening the church doors again, that we could come in and worship you in your house. I pray that you would help our country to turn again as a, a whole, as each individual person turns and opens their heart to receive your salvation, to believe on your Son, Jesus Christ, and to grow according to the knowledge of your word. Let your will be done, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Psalm 118, we're going to read verse 19 through the rest of the psalm. Open to me the gates of righteousness. I will go into them, and I will praise the Lord. This gate of the Lord, into which the righteous shall enter, I will praise thee, for thou hast heard me, and art become my salvation. The stone which the builders refused is become the headstone of the corner. This is the Lord's doing. It is marvelous in our eyes. This is the day which the Lord hath made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. Save now, I beseech thee, O Lord. O Lord, I beseech thee, send now prosperity. Blessed be he that cometh in the name of the Lord. We have blessed you out of the house of the Lord. God is the Lord, which hath showed us light. Bind the sacrifice with cords, even unto the horns of the altar. Thou art my God, and I will praise thee. Thou art my God, I will exalt thee. O give thanks unto the Lord, for he is good, for his mercy endureth forever. In Psalm 118, this second half here, we've seen the portions of Scripture where Jesus has even uh, referenced to, and showing that it was an inspired uh, word, just like all the rest of the Bible is, but an inspired prophecy about the Lord himself. Verse 22, the stone which the builders refused is become the headstone of the corner. The leaders of Israel rejected the Lord Jesus Christ, the Son of God, God manifest in the flesh, even when he came down to them. But he is become the headstone of the corner. He is that foundation that all men might believe on and have that strong foundation laid where they can trust in him to be saved and then build that saved life up 
uh, with good works unto the Lord, glorious things that they will do because they have believed on the Lord Jesus Christ and because they are saved, not in order to earn their salvation, but works done to please the Lord now that they are securely saved once and for all. This is the day which the Lord hath made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. This is the Lord's doing. It is marvelous in our eyes. It is marvelous for the Lord to set, uh, set and lay that strong foundation. God is the Lord. Thou art my God. I will praise thee. Thou art my God. I will exalt thee. And blessed be the Lord. He is good. Oh, give thanks unto the Lord, for he is good, for his mercy endureth forever, for offering salvation to his people, for offering a free payment for their sins that, of course, was not free for him, but is a free gift that we receive from him. Now we're turning to the book of 2 Samuel. We have just seen the fall and the death of Saul and his sons. We've seen the death of the first king of Israel. And now we see the rise of the second king of Israel, a, a man after God's own heart, King David and his house. And it says in chapter 1, now it came to pass after the death of Saul when David was returned from the slaughter of the Amalekites and David had abode two days in Ziklag it came even to pass on the third day that behold a man came out of the camp from Saul with his clothes rent and earth upon his head and so it was when he came to David that he fell to the earth and did obeisance and David said unto him from whence comest thou and he said unto him out of the camp of Israel am I escaped and David said unto him, How went the matter? I pray thee, tell me. And he answered, That the people are fled from the battle, and many of the people are also fallen and dead, and Saul and Jonathan his son are dead also. And David said unto the young man that told him, How knowest thou that Saul and Jonathan his son be dead? And the young man that told him said, As I happened by chance upon Mount Gilboa, behold, Saul leaned upon his spear, and lo, the chariots and horsemen followed hard after him. And when he looked behind him, he saw me and called unto me, and I answered, Here, I, here am I. And he said unto me, Who art thou? And I answered him, I am an Amalekite. And he said unto me again, Stand, I pray thee, upon me, and slay me, for anguish is come upon me, because my life is yet whole in me. So I stood upon him and slew him, because I was sure that he could not live after that he was fallen. And I took the crown that was upon his head, and the bracelet that was on his arm, and have brought them hither unto my Lord. Then David took hold on his clothes and rent them, and likewise all the men that were with him. And they mourned and wept and fasted until even for Saul and for Jonathan his son, and for the people of the Lord and for the house of Israel, because they were fallen by the sword. And David said unto the young man that told him, Whence art thou? And he said, and he answered, I am the son of a stranger, an Amalekite. And David said unto him, How wast thou not afraid to stretch forth thine hand to destroy the Lord's anointed? And David called one of the young men, and said, Go near, and fall upon him. And he smote him that he died. And David said unto him, Thy blood be upon thy head, for thy mouth hath testified against thee, saying, I have slain the Lord's anointed. And David lamented with his lamentation over Saul and over Jonathan his son. Also he bade them teach the children of Judah the use of the bow. Behold, it is written in the book of Jasher, The beauty of Israel is slain upon thy high places. How are the mighty fallen! Tell it not in Gath, publish it not in the streets of Ashkelon, lest the daughters of the Philistines rejoice, lest the daughters of the uncircumcised triumph. Ye mountains of Gilboa, let there be no dew, neither let there be rain upon you, nor fields of offerings, for there the shield of the mighty is vilely cast away, the shield of Saul, as though he had not been anointed with oil. 
for the blood of the slain, from the fat of the mighty, the bow of Jonathan turned not back, and the sword of Saul returned not empty. Saul and Jonathan were lovely and pleasant in their lives, and in their death they were not divided. They were swifter than eagles, they were stronger than lions. Ye daughters of Israel, weep over Saul, who clothed you in scarlet, with other delights, who put on ornaments of gold upon your apparel. How are the mighty fallen in the midst of the battle? O Jonathan, thou wast slain in thine high places. I am distressed for thee, my brother Jonathan. Very pleasant hast thou been unto me. Thy love to me was wonderful, passing the love of women. How are the mighty fallen, and the weapons of war perished? Chapter 2 and it came to pass after this that David inquired of the Lord, saying, Shall I go up into any of the cities of Judah? And the Lord said unto him, Go up. And David said, Whither shall I go up? And he said, Unto Hebron. So David went up thither, and his two wives also, Ahinoam the Jezreelites, and Abigail Nabal's wife the Carmelite. And his men that were with him did David bring up, every man with his household, and they dwelt in the cities of Hebron. And the men of Judah came, and they there they anointed David king over the house of Judah. And they told David, saying, That the men of Jabesh-Gilead were they that buried Saul. And David sent messengers unto the men of Jabesh-Gilead, and said unto them, Blessed be ye of the Lord, that ye have showed this kindness unto your Lord, even unto Saul, and have buried him. And now the Lord show kindness and truth unto you, and I also will requite you this kindness, because ye have done this thing. Therefore now let your hands be strengthened, and be ye valiant, for your master Saul is dead, and also the house of Judah have anointed me king over them. But Abner, the son of Ner, captain of Saul's host, took Ishbosheth, the son of Saul, and brought him over to Mahanaim, and made him king over Gilead, and over the Asherites, and over Jezreel, and over Ephraim, and over Benjamin, and over all Israel. Ishbosheth, Saul's son, was forty years old when he began to reign over Israel, and reigned two years, but the house of Judah followed David. And the time that David was king in Hebron over the house of Judah was seven years and six months. Here we see in Second Samuel, in the first chapter, David is now in Ziklag with all of his 600 men, and an Amalekite man comes and tells him of the death of Saul and Jonathan and Saul's sons. Now this Amalekite is lying to David, thinking that he will be rewarded for the news that he bears and for bringing David the crown and the bracelet that Saul had upon his head head and upon his arms. What really happened was this Amalekite man had found Saul dead after Saul had thrown himself or fell upon his own sword and had taken and stolen his crown and his bracelet and brought them to David, saying that because he knew that Saul and David were enemies and that Saul had sought to slay David for many years, that this uh, David, now as he would be king, would reward him as an Amalekite if he told him that he had slain David's enemy. But David did not slay, uh, David did not reward him except for saying that your blood be upon your own head, that you have testified that you have slain the Lord's anointed. And so he commands a young man to fall upon him, and he slays the Amalekite man there for slaying Saul, the anointed of the Lord, the king of Israel, even though he didn't actually slay him, but his words be upon his own head, and your blood be upon your own head, David said. This is why yesterday I said, now pay attention to make sure that in this last chapter of First Samuel, we know that this was the true story that happened, that Saul fell upon his own sword and uh, killed himself, not that he was killed by anybody else. 
Now when David hears that Saul and Jonathan are dead, he laments them and he, a, he creates a song and a psalm and teaches it to other men and has the people of Judah and Israel teach them it, the children of Judah, uh, this song to remember Saul and Jonathan. And he praises them, remembering the good things in their lives, how they were strong and they were swift, they were lovely and pleasant in their lives, not remembering the evil, but paying attention to the good, especially now that they are dead, that it would not do any good to degrade them. In chapter 2, we see that David is anointed king over Judah, and this is the second anointing that David has received now. The first one was in private by Samuel the prophet, noting that God anointed him king first, already predicting what he would become and that God was making him king. The second anointing is by the men in the house of Judah to recognize in a public assembly that David is now king over Judah and over Israel. But the rest of Israel went after Ishbosheth, uh, Saul's remaining live son, who was 40 years old. And Mahanaim is where he reigned with Abner, the son of Ner, and over the rest of the tribes of Israel. Now this will begin a civil war between the two tribes, the, between the two partitions of Israel, between Judah and the rest of Israel. And the last part that we read today in verse 11 records that David was king in Hebron over Judah for seven years and six months. And that is the time that he reigned there in that location at Hebron before he moved to Jerusalem and before he reigned over all the rest of Israel for another 33 years for a total of 40 years. Now please turn with me to Proverbs chapter 15. We're going to read verses 27 and 28. And it says, He that is greedy of gain troubleth his own house, but he that hateth gifts shall live. The heart of the righteous studieth to answer, but the mouth of the wicked poureth out evil things. So he that is greedy of gain, he that is constantly seeking to gain riches or treasure or money or property or other things at the expense of other people, troubles his own house. He will even use, as almost we saw, Saul was using his own daughter, one of the children that he loved, to try to trick David or try to get David killed by the Philistines, using her love for him and his love for her and to manipulate them into trying to get his own will. This is how, and one example of how the greedy, uh, those that are wicked in their minds and their, and their hearts and try to get their own way, troubles his own house. But he that hateth gifts shall live. He that loves the Lord more than the riches of this earth, he that loves his family more than the gain of this world, he shall live and he shall bring that abundant life into his house and his home. The heart of the righteous studieth to answer. How can we study better than to study the word of the Lord and to study so that we can give a right and a good word that is in a fit season and a pure word and a pure answer that is uh, spoken in due season, how good it is and how good is it, it says in verse 23 of this chapter even. But the mouth of the wicked poureth out evil things. Those that don't learn well to answer well and answer rightly and wisely, they will just pour out evil. How, how many people do you know yourself that you uh, go either maybe to work or to the public place or in uh, society at stores, grocery stores, restaurants, and you just know some people that they are just constantly writing down and railing against other people. They're always talking negatively 
negatively and pessimistically, and they're always just uh, spouting off maybe curses or uh, profane language and things that is just all evil coming out of their mouth. Let's make sure that we have a good answer to give, that we can uh, proclaim the good news of the Lord and his good gospel and show people that they can have life and life abundantly and a pure heart and a transformed mind that we can use to proclaim the good news of the Lord. Now let's turn to John chapter 12 and read verses 20 through 50 tonight. And verse 20 says, And there were certain Greeks among them that came up to worship at the feast. The same came therefore to Philip, which was of Bethsaida of Galilee, and desired him, saying, Sir, we would see Jesus. Philip cometh and telleth Andrew, and again Andrew and Philip tell Jesus. And Jesus answered them, saying, The hour is come, that the Son of Man should be glorified. Verily, verily, I say unto you, Except a corn of wheat fall into the ground and die, it abideth alone. But if it die, it bringeth forth much fruit. He that loveth his life shall lose it, and he that hateth his life in this world shall keep it unto life eternal. If any man serve me, let him follow me, and where I am, there shall also my servant be. If any man serve me, him will my father honor. Now is my soul troubled, and what shall I say? Father, save me from this hour, but for this cause came I unto this hour. Father, glorify thy name. Then there came a voice from heaven, saying, I have both glorified it, and will glorify it again. The people, therefore, that stood by and heard it, said that it thundered. Others said, An angel spake to him. Jesus answered and said, This voice came not because of me, but for your sakes. Now is the judgment of this world. Now shall the prince of this world be cast out. And I, if I be lifted up from the earth, will draw all men unto me. This he said, signifying what death he should die. The people answered him, We have heard out of the law that Christ abideth forever. And how sayest thou, The Son of Man must be lifted up? Who is this Son of Man? Then Jesus said unto them, Yet a little while is the light with you. Walk while ye have the light, lest darkness come upon you. For he that walketh in darkness knoweth not whither he goeth. While ye have light, believe in the light, that ye may be the children of light. These things spake Jesus, and departed, and did hide himself from them. But though he had done so many miracles before them, yet they believed not on him, that the saying of Isaiah the prophet might be fulfilled, which he spake, Lord, who hath believed our report, and to whom hath the arm of the Lord been revealed? Therefore they could not believe, because that Isaiah said again, He hath blinded their eyes, and hardened their heart, that they should not see with their eyes, nor understand with their heart, and be converted, and I should heal them. These things said Isaias, when he saw his glory, and spake of him. Nevertheless, among the chief rulers also many believed on him, but because of the Pharisees they did not confess him, lest they should be put out of the synagogue, for they loved the praise of men more than the praise of God. Jesus cried and said, He that believeth on me, believeth not on me, but on him that sent me. And he that seeth me, seeth him that sent me. I am come a light into the world, that whosoever believeth on me should not abide in darkness. And if any man hear my words, and believe not, I judge him not, for I came not to judge the world, but to save the world. He that rejecteth me, and receiveth not my words, hath one that judgeth him. The word that I have spoken, the same shall judge him in the last day. 
For I have not spoken of myself, but the Father which sent me. He gave me a commandment, what I should say, and what I should speak. And I know that his commandment is life everlasting. Whatsoever I speak, therefore, even as the Father said unto me, so I speak. In John chapter 12, verse 20, we see that there are certain Greeks, certain Gentiles that are trying to come and see Jesus. They've heard about the miracles that he's done, about the teachings and the words that he has been giving, and they want to see him. They want to talk to him for themselves. They want to believe on God, but he does not approach them. He does not receive them yet, but he does speak about them. He speaks about the entire world, that the hour is come, that the Son of Man should be glorified. And there's two different ways that he is going to be glorified. The first, he prays and asks, Father, glorify thy name. And God speaks from heaven. The Father speaks from heaven and sayings, says, I have both glorified it and will glorify it again. And so he glorifies his name by giving witness to the Son of God on the earth. And the other way is that Jesus will be lifted up from the earth and then will die and then will rise again the third day, being resurrected raising again himself from the grave and from death and glorifying himself yet again. And he also teaches them, teaches for the Jews' sake as well as for the Gentiles, except a corn of wheat fall into the ground and die, it abideth alone. If Jesus was the only corn of wheat and he did not die for the entire world, then there would be none that could be saved because there is no payment for sin except for in the blood of Jesus Christ. But, and if it die, it bringeth forth much fruit because the Lord died, because that grain of wheat fell into the ground and died and then came forth and sprung forth again into new life and offers that life freely for all. Many, many can be much saved, uh, bringing forth much fruit. And he says, he that loves this life, his life, shall lose it. Those that try to gain this, old, this whole world and all of this world at the peril of rejecting Jesus Christ lose their own soul. But he that rejects this life, this philosophy of this world and follows after Jesus, that trusts on him for his salvation, loses maybe his life in this world, but he gains life eternal. If any man serves Jesus, if any man was to serve him and to follow after him. Jesus is calling him uh, to follow him. We must follow Jesus, follow his will, his ways, his commandments, his teachings, spread his gospel, and to do what he has told us to do. Jesus also said that this voice that came from heaven from the Father testifying and glorifying the Son came not just for him, it came for all of those around him. And he testifies that if he is lifted up, he will draw all men unto him. This is clearly a direct teaching against that only some have been called or only some have the irresistible grace of God calling and drawing them to be saved, which is an attempt to explain why some people reject the Lord Jesus Christ and reject salvation. But neither of those make any sense, especially because Jesus teaches directly against this in verse 32 and saying, if I be lifted up, if I am placed on the cross, if I am crucified on that tree, then I will draw all men unto me. And that all simply means all. There is no testifying against that. There is no reasoning or rationalizing against that. He says, 
all men. He will draw all men unto himself. He is calling unto all men. Just like a normal relationship between a man and a wife, they both have to be in love with one another. They both have to choose one another. And if they both do not choose one another and both choose to marry, then there is no marriage relationship. There is no marriage signature upon that. And, and so it is with God as well, himself. God chooses all man, but he cannot... It, the agreement is not just God choosing, it is also man has to choose God as well and choose to trust in him as the Lord Jesus Christ as their savior and enter into that relationship with him. If they do not, then there is no relationship, there is no choice unto salvation. And Jesus testifies once more unto them, Yet a little while is the light with you. Walk while ye have the light, lest darkness come upon you. Those that reject the Lord Jesus Christ walk in darkness. But there was also a prophecy by Isaiah, the prophet, that having uh, their eyes blinded and their heart hardened, that they should not see with their eyes, nor understand with their heart, and be converted, that the Lord should heal them. These things said Isaiah when he saw his glory, the glory of the Lord Jesus, and spake of him. Nevertheless, among the chief rulers also many believed on him, but because of the Pharisees they did not confess him, lest they should be put out of the synagogue. And so we see that many do believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, but many do not, and many reject him, especially because of the Pharisees, and they feared being uh, rejected and kicked out of the synagogue and not being able to praise and worship God in the appearance and before other men. Teaching against some of these misconceptions and to almost to directly contradict the teaching that those that believe on Jesus Christ are rejecting God the Father. De Jesus is now teaching in verse 44 that he that believeth on me believeth not on me but on him that sent me. That is the Father, the God that is in heaven. And he that seeth me seeth him that sent me. Seeth God in heaven as well. I am come as a light into the world that whosoever believeth in me should not abide in darkness. Thank God. Thank the Lord Jesus Christ that he is giving us the light of his word, the light of his countenance that we can trust in him and not walk in that darkness anymore. And if any man hear my words and believe not, I judge him not. I came not to judge the world, but to save the world. Jesus Christ came into the world to save the world. But the words that he has spoken, those same words will judge all men at the last day. Those that reject his words shall be judged by his words, including all of the words of the prophets, all of the inspired words of God. And all of these words that were given to Jesus to say, they were not only of himself, but they were of the Father in heaven, of Father God in heaven for him to speak. And so the, the words of the very Father in heaven will judge all men at that last day, especially if they reject the Lord Jesus Christ. But thank goodness we don't have a judgment when we trust on the Lord Jesus. We shall not be judged according to our evil or our iniquity or our sin that we deserve to be judged on, but we will be rewarded for everything that we have done for God out of the love for God. Thank you, friend, for studying the Word of God with me today. I hope it has been a blessing for you. And if you have any praises or prayer requests, please send them to me at wwgcaleb at gmail.com. The email is uh, also listed in this podcast episode's notes. I'll be sure to look for those and to pray with you for them. Thanks once again for listening. We'll see you tomorrow for the next Walk with God podcast.